Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it and that's why Plan to Eat helps me do it. Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. I'm Mike Vardy, and this is the Productivityist Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Productivityist Podcast. I am your host, Mike Vardy, and this week, I'm going to focus on burnout, which is something that I think everybody's experienced. People that I uh, have held in high regard for a long time. My friend Chris Ducker talks about burnout, and he's talked about that in his work. I've faced burnout. Everyone has faced burnout. And our guest, the guest this week on the show, has definitely got a lot to say about burnout. Dr. Clark Gaither, he is the author of Reignite, and uh, he is an expert on job-related burnout. Um, we talk about why he's so fascinated with job-related burnout and how it almost led him to leave his thriving medical practice, what steps he's taken either back then and now, so both, as to take on burnout and beat it back. We talk about presenteeism, which is something that not a lot of people focus on. They focus on absenteeism, but let's talk about presenteeism. And then the three principal hallmarks of burnout, that's another thing we cover in this episode. There's a lot uh, that we get to, so let's just get to it. Here's my conversation with Dr. Burnout, that's Dr. Clark Gaither, here on the Productivityist Podcast. I'd like to welcome Clark Gaither to the Productivityist Podcast. Clark, thanks for joining me today. Oh, listen, so great to be here. Now, I, I was gonna say I'd like to welcome Dr. Burnout to the podcast today. Yeah. <laughs> but we're gonna we're gonna let we're gonna let you kind of so how do you become a doctor? Is there like a uh, <laughs> is there a degree that you take? Like, oh, you know, I'm I'm a doctor of burnout. Like, is there an actual there should be, I think. There should be probably some kind of discipline re- revolving around burnout. But let's let's get into that. Like where what legacy? There should there should be, but you know, it's, it's like the old Norwegian saying: um, uh, "Life is the best teacher, but the tuition's very high." So, uh, <laughs> it, 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 it was life that taught me about burnout. So let's let's talk about this. I mean, you've got the the book Reignite, uh, you know, which is which is out now, um, and you've been you you've really why have you focused on burnout so much? Like, what? I mean, obviously there was a, you know a personal element that brought you to it, and and. Is it because is it because you want to make sure people don't go through the same thing you went, or or is it just there's so many things revolving around burnout that there's a lot that we haven't really even scratched the surface of? Well, I wrote the book uh, obviously to help uh, folks dealing with this issue, which can be really personally devastating. Uh, at least it was for me, and uh, and and to let them know that they're not alone and that uh, they can change their circumstances if uh, if they want to. Um, my foray into uh, burnout, uh, job related burnout, 
uh, began in 2009 when uh, I went to my practice part. By the way, I'm a family physician by mm-hmm. training. I've been uh, serving as a family doctor. I served for 24 years uh, in a clinic in uh, rural North Carolina. And uh, in 2009, I went to my practice partner and I said, look, if some things don't change, uh, I'm going to have to leave the practice of medicine. I mean, that's how I had come to feel. I felt um, drained, exhausted. Uh, I felt like um, nothing I was doing any uh, any longer made any difference in the lives of my patients or in my life. I'd become kind of dispirited about over the practice of medicine and downright cynical, really. And I felt myself detaching from my patients. And I knew something was wrong. I really didn't know what was wrong at the time. And although I had depressed feelings, I really didn't describe myself as being depressed. But, you know, even a weekend off didn't give me any solace. I uh, would almost instantly start dreading Monday morning, um, Friday by Friday evening. And and I knew it wasn't right. I, at one time, I loved medicine. I loved everything about medicine. And although I still enjoyed my interaction with patients, there was a lot about medicine, the practice of medicine, that had become rather distasteful. A lot of the you know record-keeping responsibilities and administrative responsibilities. And uh, but anyway, I knew something was wrong. And and so I started nosing around on the internet, and it didn't take me but a day or two to figure out I was probably burned out. And I took some steps. My partner didn't want me to leave, and I wasn't ready to leave medicine. I, I just knew some things had to change. Something had to change. So I I did what I thought would help me. Uh, I went to a shorter work week. It meant giving up some salary, but at that point, I didn't care. I, I would have paid somebody to make me feel better, so I, I paid myself by taking t- you know, time off. I started running more. I started taking hikes in the woods. I started eating better, getting more rest. I started reading outside of medicine. I picked up some old hobbies I'd let go, uh, let go of. And within weeks, I felt like a new human being. It's difficult to, to describe how much better I felt in just a very short time. So I thought, wow, this is awesome. Uh, I wonder if any of my colleagues are feeling like this. And and, and I went to the internet again, and it didn't take but a few minutes to figure out that this is a big, huge problem in my industry of medicine. Uh, burnout rates are extremely high, and they're climbing and rapidly. But it's also a problem in other professions like teachers, social workers, firefighters, police officers, um, investment counselors, preachers. Uh, I mean, it's widespread. It touches almost every career or job that you can name. It's just that some uh, professions right now, uh, the rates are much higher than others. So that's that's how it began for me. Um, once I knew what the problem was and discovered some solutions, I started reading everything I could find on the subject. That led to me doing some talks to uh, provider groups or other groups about burnout and what to do about it. And then I started blogging about it a few years ago, and and that ultimately uh, led to me writing the book Reignite, which is on professional job-related burnout. So let's talk a little bit about some of the stuff you blogged. But one of the things that I, I kind of found when you were when I was going through the research for this was the idea of presenteeism, and I think that's a huge problem. When I used to work at uh, in you know uh, I worked at Costco for a long time, 
And mm-hmm. uh, Costco's a great company to work for, but you get to a point where I think any, uh, I think that it can happen, like you said, in any industry where you show up because you want to make sure that people know that you're, you're driven and that you're ambitious. But if you're not at a hundred percent or you're ill, it can actually cause, you know, more issues than, mm-hmm. than just taking the time off and not just, I guess, not just for you, but for the people around you. Can you talk a little bit about how showing up when you probably shouldn't show up, uh, that idea of presenteeism uh, plays a role in burnout? Yes, it's actually uh, detrimental, uh, and this is a huge, again, a huge problem in uh, medical providers because even in our training, the notion that gets circulated is that you know if you're sick, you still come in and work. You know, patients come first, and your needs come you know way down the list somewhere, and you don't want to dump on your fellow residents or or uh, students in the clinical rotations, and so you you know, you suck it up. You know, I can't remember how many times I heard that. Suck it up. I know you're tired. You know, you've been up for 32 hours and you want to sleep, but you don't have to suck it up and, you know, go do this chest tube or, you know, go go admit this patient. And so self-care is is something that's not only not high on medical providers list. There are a lot of uh, listeners there uh, that are listening now that Self-care uh, always comes secondary to someone else, some some group, some employer, the family members. Um, but I'll submit that, uh, you know, the person that really should be number one in our life is, is ourselves. Mm-hmm. We should take care of ourselves because if we don't take excellent care of ourselves, how are we going to take excellent care of others? And so... Uh, uh, taking excellent care of others begins with self-care, and and that's seeing to your own needs. You know, making sure you eat regularly and not work through lunch. Um, you know, no use trying to be the hero if you're the dead hero. Uh, uh, you need to uh, time to rest and recuperate. So that means adequate sleep. It means taking time off and doing other things. Um, so this whole notion of self-care when when people burn themselves out, which is about only about 10% of the time, it's usually because they've let one or more of their realms go without any attention. And when I speak of realms, I'm talking about your physical realm, your mental realm, your emotional realm, and your spiritual realm. You have to nourish all of those. And so if work is all you're all about, then your life gets out of balance. And that's when people go down this road of uh, burning themselves out because they just, you know, they're workaholics. Uh, They may start out enjoying that, but, you know, anything done 24-7 gets old after a while. And and so, um, uh, yeah, I would caution against this notion of presenteeism. I always have to be there even when I'm too tired, too angry, too lonely, too hungry, too... Uh, sick. Uh, uh, sometimes you have to just back off, know when to bow out and say, look, I need a little time to take care of myself and then I'm going to come back and I'll be strong when I do. I want to talk about the idea. And by the way, there's a definite sense of irony when you say that uh, <laughs> doctors, when they show up sick, I mean, patients would definitely go, hmm, if the doctor isn't taking good care of themselves, how am I supposed to, you know, walk the walk if they're not walking the walk? You know what I mean? Walking yeah. the walk. <clears throat> now, let's That's talk right. about some, what's, what can, when, it, when, what are the signs of burnout that people, can, you know, either they don't recognize right away, maybe it's something that kind of is, is just bubbling and, and, and they just dismiss it. Uh, 
And that that's the first part of my question. So let's let's look at that first. So what are what are some of the signs of burnout that may kind of be masked by other things and that you should pay it you shouldn't just dismiss out of hand? Well, the big one that uh, most people confuse with burnout is stress. Right. Um, and, and a lot of times burnout is treated as if it were stress. And, and if you do that, uh, then you don't really correct the underlying causes of burnout. And so nothing really changes. Um, stress, uh, you can be stressed without being burned out. Mm-hmm. But if you're burned out, I can I guarantee you 100 percent that you're stressed because with burnout, the damage is primarily emotional. With stress, it's primarily physical. So, again, the two are completely different entities, and the approach to each uh, is should be completely different. So, there are three principal hallmarks of burnout, and just three, but they're very sensitive and specific. And this was all figured out by uh, Dr. Christina Maslach back in the 80s. In fact, she developed the Maslach Burnout Inventory, which is a questionnaire that determines whether or not someone's burned out and by how much or uh, to what degree. And she identified these three hallmarks, and I had hit all three of them. The first one is emotional exhaustion. And that's where you feel like you can no longer give of yourself on an emotional or psychological level to the client, the customer, or the patient, or your colleagues, or your family, or maybe coworkers. Uh, People will say, I'm spent. Uh, I've left it all out there. I have nothing left to give. I hear that a lot. Uh, I have nothing left to give. They just feel emotionally drained. The second hallmark is depersonalization, and that's a fancy word for you become cynical and detached. You start getting this cynical attitude about what you do or the people you work with or your clients or customers. You become to feel like they're almost deserving of whatever's going on with them that's not right. And you begin to detach from them. There's no longer that uh, caring connection that you once had with them. You, you kind of feel, begin to feel isolated and emotionally detached. And the third and last hallmark is a lack of a sense of personal accomplishment. And that's where you begin to feel like nothing you're doing anymore makes any difference, not only to the client, customer, or patient, but it no longer makes any difference to you. And that's in a way how I felt when I was burned out. I felt like some days I went in and, you know, patients would come in, they'd gain more weight or they're sugar was still not under control or blood pressure was up or they weren't exercising like I asked them to. And I felt like I wasn't making any difference. And of course I was, but you don't feel like you are. So those are the three hallmarks, emotional exhaustion, keyword exhaustion, depersonalization, keyword cynicism, and a lack of a sense of personal accomplishment. And the key word there is inefficacy. You feel inefficacious, like you're not making a difference. When people start to recognize those signs, like what's a, is there a quick win or is there something that they can do? I would say, excuse me, almost, uh, I wouldn't say immediately, but something that they can do consistently, like that they can catch themselves in situations like this, because like you said, stress can transform into burnout, right? And I think, you, like you said, it's emo- like it, if you have too much stress or it becomes overwhelming, then burnout can take place. And and I mean, 
I think, like you said, it can manifest in, in, in those three different ways. But what is something that, like, if someone recognizes it, what can it they depends. do? Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it depends on the the type. There are two types of burnout. One is individual, and that's where the individual burns themselves out. And that can be done in various ways, like um, workaholism. Uh, People will burn themselves out that way. They're working too much, and all they do is work. And so they have nothing to look forward to in life but more work. And and that can burn people out. Or they become uh, wrapped up with a chemical uh, addiction or dependency, like with alcohol or drugs. Or they get too leveraged up on debt. Or they have a string of toxic relationships. And so those kinds of things can burn an individual out. But, you know, that only happens 10% of the time. The other 90% of professional job-related burnout is caused by the work environment. And there are six major underlying causes that lead to burnout in the work environment. Things like work overload, lack of control, insufficient reward, breakdown of community, absence of fairness, and conflicting values. Those kind of six mismatches between the job that people are being asked to do and the individual. Anytime there's a mismatch between the job and the individual, it can set up a condition where people uh, burn out. And you'll know burnout in your work environment is high if people have nothing good to say about what's going on at work, if they're always complaining, if turnover is high, if morale is low, if customer complaints are high or patient complaints or client complaints are, are high and rising. If employee complaints are high and rising, that usually indicates a toxic work environment, and I can almost uh, guarantee you that there's a, a high degree of burnout that's taking place. And so if you feel like you have those three signs or symptoms of burnout, the emotional exhaustion, the depersonalization, and the lack of a sense of personal accomplishment, you sort of have to get a little introspective and say, okay, is this me? Am I burning myself out? Is my life in balance? Or are the demands and things that are being asked of me in the work environment, am I working in a toxic work environment? Because the answer to that question determines how you will approach correcting uh, the burnout. If if you find that you're burning yourself out in some way uh, because you're not paying you know good attention to those four realms, um, then it's a matter of some behavior modification, as like I said earlier in my own instance, you know, taking regular time off, getting enough rest, getting physical exercise, having interest in activities outside your work realm, reconnecting with family. Uh, those will help individual burnout. If you have a mental health issue or a chemical dependency issue, you have to seek professional help or guidance uh, for that. But 90% of the time, it's the work environment. And so sometimes people have to make a tough decision. They're either faced with trying to change their work environment or for looking uh, for a, a work environment that's more conducive to their to their core values. Now, I'm a big believer in journaling, like chronicling. It's something that I think is an undervalued uh, activity that can help in so many ways, like I, I often relate it to, you know, where you're spending your time, where you're investing your time, how you craft your time, things like that. But 
do you, would that be something that if someone is feeling this happening, either, you know, on an on again, off again basis, or as they feel it bubbling or building, would you recommend something like that? Like journaling, taking some time to like, just get your thoughts out of your head. I mean, and, and I guess the other tricky part is in that situation is it, depending on the type of burnout it is, maybe that doing, taking the time to journal, could be a very, uh, arduous thing or even something that they that they just are like there's no way i can do this because i'm almost afraid of what i might put in there yeah uh i wholeheartedly agree uh with all of that i think uh, journaling is uh you would not believe how many people live their entire lives uh and exit this world and having never really known themselves Mm -hmm. uh self-awareness is something that is you know lacking in the general population it's estimated somewhere only between 10 and 15 percent of the population is truly self-aware and of course that gets you at the top of the pyramid and um um maslow's uh hierarchy you know if you remember Mm -hmm. that little and, you know, self-actualization where you become a fully elaborated version of yourself, you know, using all your natural talents and abilities, you know, for the service of others and yourself, you know, getting to the, the peak of you, uh, that's total self-awareness. And most people are way, you know, under that somewhere. <laughs> and uh, so journaling is a way uh, to really uh formalize or set in 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 a stack or in almost in in stone or concrete your thoughts because you may have a thought that's rolling around up in your head that sounds okay uh, but when you write it out on paper and, and begin to put your thoughts in, down in some formal or concrete way uh, you really begin to discover how you actually feel about some things or how you what you actually think about things and then uh, taking that a step further, reading it out loud is the even, even another mm-hmm. uh, step in the right direction because it, it still sounds one way in your head, but when you verbalize it audibly, it changes even then. And so I absolutely recommend uh, journaling, especially if you feel like um, self-burnout is an issue that you're wrestling with. But even if it's the work environment, you know, uh, writing down how you feel and why and where you feel the problems are will bring some clarity and then perhaps some focus to the issue at hand and what you need to do about it. Because I will tell you, you can be severely burned out and you can put your head down and you can grind away for years. Uh, Some people in an entire career, they'll just grind away. They'll show up. They hate everything they do. They hate everything about it. They'd rather be doing something else, but they 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 will show up, and what the, happens ultimately is they end up bitter and angry and resentful because life has not given them what they thought it was going to be. And, you know, life has, just didn't turn out the way they thought it was going to be, and that's a tragedy. Uh, uh, you know, we we have the ability to adapt and change. And I know that, you know, a couple of your episodes had to do with mindset. Yeah. Now, I will tell you, there's a burned out mindset that people get into that interferes with their ability to change. They will they will say to themselves, it's too late for me. I don't have the right skills to change now. I've got too much time invested in this company. I've got, you know, I'm too old. You know, they they set all these roadblocks in front of themselves. 
and none of it's true. I mean, you can you can turn on a dime if that's what you want to do. Um, so just realizing that whatever the way things are right now, that it doesn't have to be that way from now on. You can make a change because you want to get to a point where you can express your creativity, your innovation. You can utilize all your talents and abilities in a way that's satisfying to you and in the service of others. And if you find yourself in a work environment that's not conducive to that, then you need to find an, a, a different work environment. So don't don't boot, don't uh, tie yourself down with this notion, this mindset that uh, that that you can't change or that it's somehow too late for you. And I'm going to link to that. You've got a blog post about the, the eight kind of steps to recognize and eliminate that mindset. I'm going to put that in the mm -hmm. show notes as well. Now you've got oh uh, you've got the book reignite. Yes. But there's also a workbook too. Can you kind of, uh, you know, before we wrap up, kind of illustrate how those two, I mean, work in tandem with one another? Because I think that, that in, in situations like this, where you're trying to kind of make measured improvement, workbooks in, in tandem with the, with the, you know, the guide that, which is basically what, what reignite would be, would be like the guide of, of, and, and the, the ideas and the philosophies behind it, how those would work in tandem. Uh, and, and, where people might want to get started with with both of those uh, with both of those products, right? The book um, uh, is really a, a roadmap. Uh, not only does it explain burnout. I mean, I, I you know talk about the three causes and the you know scope, the costs, the causes, the hallmarks. Um, you know the two the two types and what to do about them, how to mitigate it, alleviate it, eliminate it, prevent it, but. There's also a, a, a roadmap in there that it, every chapter has a series of questions or fill in the blanks or circle this response. And really, it's designed to draw the reader out and to give them some direction so that if they find that they're burned out, uh, they have some by the end. If they work their way through the book, they will end up with some notion of what to do about it. And uh, those questions are expanded and in larger format in the workbook, which is a, is a download. It's a free download. When you get the book, there'll be a link in there that you can go and download the workbook and print it out on regular size paper. So you've got more room to write and doodle and, 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 you know, make drawings or whatever you want to do. But, uh, it's just an expanded version of the uh, journey. I try to take people through within the pages of the book. Uh, but again, it's a larger, you know, if you print it out, it's larger format, regular size paper. And uh, I think if you print it on both sides, it's about 23 pages, something like that. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's it's really designed to be used. Uh, there's a purpose to it. And if you read the book, you're going to get a lot of information out of the book uh, and a lot of actionable um, recommendations or steps that you can take. But uh, it won't be complete unless you answer the questions and really uh, take a moment uh, to uh, draw some things out of yourself perhaps you've not thought about uh, that will help you make the decisions you need to make. And in fact, it could be the gateway to journaling, like on an ongoing basis, not just Ab not just absolutely. for this, but yeah, definitely. Yep. Clark, this has been a great conversation today. Where, uh, Other than going to the website and checking out the stuff, where can people find you online? 
Uh, ClarkGaither.com, C-L-A-R-K-G-A-I-T-H-E-R.com. That's my uh, website and blog. My blog is there when I post articles or posts about burnout. The the book has a landing page. It's ReigniteBook.com reignitebook.com and there's information there about the book there's also uh, the free downloads that are mentioned in the book are also listed on that site and um, you can uh, put in your name and email address and get those there's no cost to them Uh, and it's not only the workbook but there's a core values inventory which I think is very important everybody should do if you've never done a core values inventory you should really take the time to do one that there's um, I offer one there on the website. It doesn't take uh, too long to fill it out. And by the end, you'll know your top five core values and your number one core value. And you should use those when you're trying to make decisions for yourself. And uh, there's also an executive summary on burnout. There's, um, uh, there's a little ebook called, um, uh, an apple a day gets the employee to stay 50 low cost or no cost ways to keep employees happy. Uh, and, uh, there's some neat little things an employer can do in there uh, for their employees that'll make them feel appreciated and, uh, reduce some of those, um, negative impacts on some of those underlying causes of burnout. So there's, there's about five things there that are, for, that are free. Um, and, um, Right now, I'm switching over from uh, uh, one. I'm, I'm switching everything over to Infusionsoft, which is going to make things a lot easier. So, uh, those downloads should be available today, tomorrow. They may not be, but the next day it should be uh, up and running again on a different site. But anyway, awesome, uh, Clark. Thanks for joining me today on the Productivity Podcast. Well, listen, uh, thank you so much. I appreciate this opportunity to share uh, some of this uh, experience, strength, and hope with your with your audience. Big thanks to Dr. Gaither for joining me this week on the show. Again, pick up his book, check out everything else we talked about in the show notes, which you can look at right now if you're listening to this on your phone. You can look at it and go, oh, hey, there it is. If you go to the transistor.fm website for the Productivity Podcast, they're all there. Or just go to the blog, productivities.com, go to podcast, and you find the episode there. So there's lots of different ways to dive in deeper to Dr. Gaither's work. And also, you can dive deeper into the archives of the podcast should you have enjoyed this episode or episodes prior to this one. And if you have, there are two things that you should consider. The first one is leaving a rating or review in Apple Podcasts or in Spotify or wherever you're listening to the show. Like, give a rating or review. Let let me know how I'm doing, and what I could do to make the show better. Now, if you want to take it a step further, you can become a patron of the show or a member. Just head to productivities.com slash membership to learn more about that. Uh, You can dive in deeper to the podcast and get a little bit more exclusive content when you do that. So that's pretty much it. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I know I enjoyed having this conversation. I'd like to thank John Polster for producing the show. As usual, he does a fantastic job, and I'd like to thank you for listening. Until next time, I am Mike Vardy, the host of the Productivities Podcast, reminding you to stop guessing and start going.